May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So someone asked me on the way in, where are we going today, right? This summer we were doing historical markers. I wrapped that up, I'm sorry. You'll have to come back next summer where we'll go on those road trips. But I lied, we're actually going to Disney World because uh, they probably have historical markers there. But in seminary, right, your, your last year seminary, your senior year, halfway through at Christmas time, right, you don't get to enjoy Christmas because as soon as Christmas is over, you have to do these things called canonical exams. Right, those are kind of like a board exam or a bar exam. It's something you do when school's almost over and they test you. you know, for most of my classmates, they basically locked themselves in the library for a week and they had to write like seven or eight papers. They were in the library from like nine to five all day. And they write these papers and send them off and someone reads them and judges you. Uh, for me in the Diocese of Texas, it was similar. I was at our diocesan summer camp uh, and I had to write a bunch of papers, but I also had to do like verbal questioning, I'd defend these papers, and it's a whole exhausting process, and you know, we don't need to talk about that, because y'all aren't my therapists. <laughs> um, not that I have feelings about these. But anyway, there's a, there's a long tradition, at least at, at Virginia Seminary, that, that after you do this, you go celebrate, you do something. And so we went with the Hartleys. Maybe you remember the, the guy who, who preached at my installation, Jimmy Hartley. His family and, and we went to, to Disney World. Um, after Christmas, after New Year's, our senior year of seminary to celebrate. And it was a couple days into it. I think we went to parks on three different days. So we were going to Animal Kingdom, and it was rainy, you can see, to start the day. And we had been walking around these parks, and the boys were eight and six at this time. Everyone's exhausted, right? You're tired. If you've been to Disney World, you know it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. Everyone's tired. And so you couldn't do a whole bunch when it was raining, and so we were a little bit cooped up trying to, to stay undercover, and then the sun comes out. We're walking around, and we're trying to do all these rides. The crowds were less because of the weather, and so we could do more, and we're going through, and this sweet red-headed eight-year-old had his heart set on this dinosaur ride. I don't actually remember what ride it was. I just remember walking by, and he was tugging to try to go, and we're like, no, bud, we... We're doing these other things, right? There's a bunch of us there, and so we had to negotiate what we were doing, and so we couldn't do that now. We're like, we'll do that later. And so we start, we get going again, and we start to walk to the next thing. And, you know, as you're doing, when you're at this place, we start counting kids. And I'm like, okay, there's William Hartley, there's Robert Hartley, there's Jimmy Hartley. You have to keep track of Jimmy still as a grown-up. There's, there's Walker. Where's Ford. Where's Ford? So our gospel reading today talks about being lost. Jesus had been accused of, of hanging out with the lost, right? He gets accused here by the scribes and the Pharisees. You're hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors, sinners and outcasts, all of these, those lost people. And he got a bad rap for that. I think Jesus sensed this. He'd probably heard the grumbling. He heard all of this. So he decides to, to tell him a story, right? We all know that story. There's a shepherd who has 100 sheep. 99 of them are where they're supposed to be, but one of these sheep wants to ride a dinosaur ride. <laughs> and so one of these sheep looks around, the shepherd's counting, and he's like, where's the sheep? 
And so he leaves the 99 sheep, which is a bad thing because sheep are really dumb. Like you can't necessarily just leave them because they'll wander off. And he goes and, and finds that one and he brings it back. And then he invites all his shepherd buddies around and throws a huge party. He says, rejoice with me, my sheep was lost but now is found. And Jesus, after telling these stories, he looks out and he says, there's rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents, the 99 who think they need no repentance. And think about who Jesus was telling this story to. He wasn't telling this story to the lost, to the sinners, the tax collectors. He was telling this story to the people who thought they were found, the scribes and the Pharisees. And so they probably hear this and like, right, yeah, there's joy in heaven when those lost people over there at that table, Jesus. Not at this table. Jesus, of course, thinks they don't get it, and so he tells another story. There's this woman. She has ten coins. It's all she has. She loses one of them. She turns her house over. She flips furniture around. She gets the broom. She's in every single corner, and she finds this one coin. She invites all of her friends over and throws a huge party, probably spends more than one coin celebrating because my coin was lost, but now it's found. And Jesus, again, not looking at the people who the world thought was lost, but looking at the people who thought they were found, says there's rejoicing in heaven when you repent. The scribes and the Pharisees don't know what to do with this. They hear Jesus talking about the lost. And they want to assume that it's those people that Jesus always hangs out with because it really bugs them, right? They, Jesus seems to prefer hanging out with the lost, the lost. Jesus seems to prefer hanging out with the sinners and the outcasts. But yet here's Jesus saying, maybe you are the one that needs to repent. And so what I think Jesus is getting at here is, is maybe what these scribes and Pharisees need to repent of is the idea that they can be complete when there's only 99 of them. Maybe the scribes and the Pharisees need to repent of the idea that they're complete when there's only nine of them. The scribes and the Pharisees, we need to realize that anytime one is not a part of us, we are not complete. And if you take these stories for what they're worth, the party can't actually start until they're all there. And so you've, you've met my kids, and so you know I still have two of them, right? At 8 o'clock, it was funny, Walker was acolyting over there, and Ford was out camping, so Ford actually wasn't in here. So I'm talking about Walker, and I had to assure there were some new people who had never been here. I was like, I do still have two kids, right? We didn't leave one of them at Disney World. This whole thing maybe took 10, 15 minutes. But if you've ever been in that situation, it's a lifetime. Right, and as this 8-year-old tells the story, he tried to find this dinosaur ride. He didn't remember where he was going, and when he got to the front of the park, 
when he saw buses on the other side of a fence, he thought, I am lost. Thank God we taught this boy phone numbers, right? Because all of a sudden, we're, our hearts are racing, right? Like, number one, we're like stationed with these three other kids and Jimmy. We got to keep tabs on Jimmy. But we're like, one of us is locked down with them. No one else is going anywhere. The other, we're trying to figure out what are we going to do. Our hearts are racing like we're trying to keep from losing it. These six-year-olds and three-year-olds, they don't know what's going on. You can imagine. Then all of a sudden, we get a phone call, and it's an Orlando number. And they say, is this Ford's dad? Yeah. He had found a, a Disney photographer, right? And he said, I'm lost. And, you know, Disney, they're pros at this, right? Like, when I was a, that age, like, I got lost on a jet ski with my cousin on Lake Tahoe, right? <clears throat> That's a whole different story. We're not going to talk about that. It involved, like, Baywatch had to come out and get me. It was a crazy deal. Disney's set up for this, right? Like, they know how to do this. So this photographer called. We were reunited. And right, the time to get mad at Ford wasn't then. It happened. We're like, you stay with us, son. It didn't happen then. Because what we did is we hugged him, tried not to strangle his neck, but hugged him, right? And then we went and had lunch with Goofy and Mickey and Minnie and all of them, and we celebrated because Ford was lost, but now he was found. There's more joy in heaven over one who is found than 99 who don't realize they're lost. When Jesus is telling these stories, he's talking to us. He's not talking to who we think is lost, like, Let's go to the bar and save souls, these people that would rather be at brunch. None, none of that. Jesus is talking to us because we are the ones who we think we're found. Right? We show up at church. We do all these things. We sign up for all the, the ministries at the ministry. We sign up for all the ministries at the ministry fair. <laughs> but Jesus is talking to us. We need to repent of the idea that when there's only 99 of us that we're enough. Or that when there's only nine, we're enough. Because no, we're not. We are incomplete. And that's hard to hear, right? It's hard for the Pharisees to hear. It's hard for us to hear that we actually are in need of saving. That maybe we're lost. That maybe we need to repent. Right? Think about Paul today. Paul writes in 1 Timothy, and he starts out saying, right? Like, I'm writing this. Because Jesus saw fit to save a blasphemer, a persecutor, a sinner. This, worthy, this saying is true and worthy of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. That's Paul's mission, to tell everyone Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul's not talking about those people out there. As Paul says, I'm the chief sinner. He might as well have said, Alan's the chief sinner, or y'all are the chief sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save us, even when we don't think we're lost. And when we come together, we get to celebrate. We do it here, right? We, in a little bit, are going to kneel 
and confess that we're broken, confess that we're hurting, confess that we're sinners, confess that we're lost. Then we stand up, we're assured of our forgiveness, and then we get to celebrate. We gather around this table, and as we say every week, everyone is welcome at God's table. Everyone is welcome at God's table. Because we need to repent of the idea that that this table is for us up here, and we're okay if there's still people out there. Everyone is welcome at God's table. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Amen.